Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to what is going to be a awesome and uh, totally fun uh, episode here of Webcology. My co-host, uh, regular co-host Jim Hedger, unfortunately can't be here to enjoy the fun. Um, so I am joined by a guest co-host this week. We have got Roger Monty from SEJ, and we're going to be chatting news, and there is some big stuff coming uh, to, to be reporting on here in the first segment. After that, we are going to be joined from, by Lisa Duty from Advice Local, Bill Hartzer uh, from, from Bill Hartzer, uh, you know, uh, a man so, so awesome he named his company after himself, and Michelle Stinson-Ross from Apogee, all of whom are going to be joining me, well, those last three anyway, at the Rocks Digital Conference coming up in just a couple weeks. But first, Roger, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Thanks for uh, having me on the show, co-hosting. Well, it, it just is, is funny timing because it was not uh, not just seven days ago, virtually to the second, that we were talking about how you are just rocking it over at SEJ right now, covering uh, all sorts of awesome stuff. Um, and, and we've actually managed to lock you in so we can have a, sort of a, you as the guest and, and bombard you with questions next week. <laughs> but for this week, Roger, I know, I know what the answer is going to be. It's probably one we're all talking about. Um, but what's, if you had to pick one story to talk about from this week, Roger, what would that be? I'll pretend to be surprised by your answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely. It's the uh, WordPress uh, SEO plugin by Yoast that uh, apparently causes uh, ranking uh, changes, uh, negative ranking changes in certain sites, not in all sites. And uh, I don't know. I think it was compounded by the fact that uh, Yoast was kind of 
trying to get the word out, but in a way that was not very highly publicized. And, and so apparently other news sites knew about it, but uh, uh, they didn't report it. So when I kind of accidentally found out, I was updating, I was updating uh, my blogs and websites, and I saw this Yoast was updating, so I just you know, update, and then I went to the next site, I was like, what is this thing about attachments and image things? And it says, it says I should read it. And it's like hooks and filters for image attachments. And I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem like a big deal. And then when I clicked through, then it was like, you know, oh, I apologize, and people lost rankings. I was like, wow, why hasn't this been reported? And I checked <laughs> everywhere, and it wasn't being reported. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, take the facts of this and put it out there and I did a little step-by-step tutorial to help people <clears throat> identify if uh, they were affected in any way by it, and, and it just kind of blew up from there. No, and I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I, I've met. I, I've met Justavok. Really, really nice guy. Does does some great things. But oh, totally. you got to call a, a spade a spade when you're when you're doing the news here. He said he responded within a day. And he, and he just responded here in, in, in the last week and, and updated things. Uh, when did this issue happen so people can look back in their analytics and see if, <laughs> if maybe they were impacted? Yeah, you know, when, when, when Yost says that he responded within a day, he's right. He responded within a day to the initial bug, and the initial bug happened around March 6th where they uh, came out with uh, version 7, and there was a bug in the way <clears throat> the, the software handled uh, the settings for for attachments. So what happened was people who updated right away, um, uh, which is a good practice generally, um, their settings changed. And all of a sudden what started happening was every single image on your site, including navigational images and even your logo, became a single web page. So I, and I believe it was in your, your piece, you'd... you'd Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll let you explain it. And it's almost like I'm interviewing you here, but then we'll actually move on to discussing other news. But you, you, you wrote the piece, so let me know yeah. about this. What kind of penalty or, or what kind of issues were we hitting well, with this? Uh, well, with I, this? I just want to finish about the, about the timeline uh, of this. So you'll fix that bug that causes those attachment pages to uh, be generated. However, those images, however, the the damage from that from for the people who updated on time right away that remained for over two months right so lots of people were complaining about it and um they were saying you know the, at first it wasn't recognized that it was a bug and then um so then about two months ago they started acknowledging okay yeah there is a problem and we're gonna uh find a way to, to fix that. And it wasn't until, I think, a black hatter named Charles Float came out with an article on May 21st, which I hadn't seen, uh, but he came out with an article about it, complaining about all the traffic losses and whatnot. And uh, about 10 days later, then Yoast came out with a fix to solve that problem for the people who were affected. So the people who were affected, they were affected for over two months. And you know, it's important to, to, to state this plug-in bug doesn't affect everybody. Right. 
I mean, it doesn't cause ranking drops for everybody, only certain situations. So it's definitely something to check, folks. You can head over to Search Engine Journal. Um, the, the piece, I think it's on page two now um, of, uh, you know, if you're, if you're on the homepage clicking through. Um, but it's definitely a must-read. Uh, if you actually just click on the SEO, uh, click on the SEO tab over there. Scroll down a little bit. Yoast SEO plugin 7.0 bug. Uh, it has some great screenshots. We'll show you how to sort of tell if you were impacted and fix the problem. If you were impacted and it's still there, which I actually had one site that, that fit that bill, um, and it'll it'll show you how to how to correct it. Roger. I know we've because we, we've, yes. we've got uh, some guests on. Uh, we've only got about five minutes left here on this first section. What other stories um, are, are you watching this week? I mean, there, there's all sorts of stuff related to knowledge panels and Google changing layouts. Or is there another story you're interested? Uh, you want to make sure we cover in the news segment? Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of interesting things. You know, it's just little updates to make things better for the. For small businesses, the whole Google My Business uh, area, um, you know, Google um, uh, cracking down on those scammers. I thought that was a really good move by Google, and it's going to help um, local businesses. And you know, that kind of thing helps uh, SEOs who service uh, small businesses because it's hopefully going to help reduce um, a certain level of skepticism that was created by these scammers. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, anything that can help keep our industry as as clean as possible. Um, you know, we of course, of course, the the ethical SEOs um, always like that, and hopefully we can uh, Jim and I can stop reporting on all the scams that are going on. Reporting um, over for for our listeners as a PSA for anybody who is using Google My Business. Um, if you're not. You know what? You're already listening to the show, so stay listening to it. But the second it's over, do. Um, I'm always surprised by how many people haven't actually got their Google My Business listings. But um, Google Posts through Google My Business is now letting you add uh, products and offers. They just added video. I believe that was uh, that was a couple weeks ago. Um, you can now add product and offer links in there. Um, I know we have tested this with sales-specific industries. It's horrible. Well, not horrible. It, it just doesn't do anything. I've seen specific niches where um, linking through to a specific sale or, or a post about a sale um, has fantastic traction as long as you've got the right image. So now they're actually letting you do that. You don't need to kind of skate around it in a weird way. Um, so, uh, so that, just want to make sure everybody knows, go in, your Google My Business, if you've got some products, uh, that sort of thing. Um, you can get it that you need to highlight that are on sale. Um, you, can, you can now post about that over there. Um, another PSA. This was reported over uh, Roger by somebody you probably know over at SEJ, uh, Matt Southern. I assume that you kind of might have uh, chatted from time to time. Um, Google Analytics bug um, has reportedly wiped out users and quote data for some accounts. Um, this is a bug. Seems to be tied, according to to the article by Matt. Um, you know, to uh, to the GDPR um, because it started that day, so it seems like a, a bit of a coincidence. Anyway, the data not, doesn't appear to be gone, um, but it isn't reporting right now. So if you see things zeroing out in specific views, don't panic. But you can head over to SEJ um, and give that a read if you uh, if you're noticing any issues in your um, in your analytics there. Um, yeah, that GDPR is like really stirring things up, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's just the PETA that keeps on PETAing all across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, like, uh, there's lots of concern about the way AdSense is handling it and, and uh, lots of anger uh, uh, about that uh, by web publishers. Oh, indeed, indeed. And uh, one that's, that's interesting, or, or, or that I, uh, an, an article I came across, I think it was in the verb, but can't remember specifically, um, is the EU is actually pushing for now stronger regulation um, than GDPR, which we might all roll our eyes at and go, oh no, this nightmare again. Uh, one of the interesting things I find about, uh, about this one is it's tied to the metadata that hides behind the information. You know, you upload a, an image and it actually contains like a a whack of data inside that image, you wouldn't know it was there, right? Time, state, state, you know, all, all that sort of sub locations um, and that sort of stuff. Um, and they're pushing for you need to report, disclose, allow for the removal of that. And I actually had to look at that one and go, you know what? I bet most people don't even know. They don't even know that this data is even hiding inside their image or hiding inside the stuff they're sending. All right, this one maybe isn't so bad if only to make people aware of the data they don't know they're giving. What do you, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> am I am I totally out the line? You know, nightmare. They have they have good I mean, with the recent revelations uh, with how Facebook has been selling our information to you know Chinese and and to, to Cambridge Analytica and and to mm -hmm. politicians and just pretty much everybody you know they've just been pimping out our personal information <laughs> and and and. Uh, but then regular publishers like, you know, ourselves and, you know, we don't engage in that kind of behavior, but we're getting dragged into this because of the Facebooks uh, uh, of the world who are misusing that data. So, I don't know, it seems like the GDPR regulations, they have a point, but they're going after it with a nuclear bomb type solution when really they need to be like maybe knocking on specific doors and handling it that way. A little more granularity. Right. And I do see a point. And, you know, we see that over and over again, right? When laws are coming in or when, you know, people are looking in the industry, like we were just talking about where it's good that they're cracking down on these people one by one to your point, because it'll make the entire industry sort of a little cleaner. Right. Because, you yeah. know, clients won't be calling me going, OK, and do you do all this stuff and not believing me when I go, no, no, I, I you know, I, I don't hold your, your Google My Business account hostage. Right. <laughs> like, nope, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, hire 100 people to do fake reviews on your account. Um, you know, that. that uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I, I do get your point there. And, and, and those are the sorts of things it, it's. It's sort of like Kinder Egg, right? Like, you know, one person, <laughs> you know, chokes on a little toy and now an entire nation can't get their hands on Kinder Egg. Sometimes it does matter, you know. A kid gets, gets punctured with a lawn yeah. dart and now they have to put, you know, like a little ball instead of a big spike on it. Something kids are going to be throwing around the backyard yeah. together. Um, and I guess we, we'll probably have to go to break first. I know Brasco's about to go like, got a break. You got three guests in the next one. Uh, one other thing I just want to get your take on. It's not even really search-related. Uh, Microsoft announced they were buying GitHub um, for $7.5 billion, which is a lot of money, but as far as I'm concerned, that's a, that's a great deal. And, and any regular listeners that hear me talk about acquisitions would go, I can't believe he's saying that because I always am boggled by stupid amounts of money to get paid for stuff. But on this one, I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, what do you think? Is this a, is this a good move for, for Microsoft to be purchasing GitHub? 
Uh, and getting to me, I'm like they're getting access to a whole whack of code and a whole whack of really capable developers. Um, well, you know, and, and we'll help yeah, it could be an indication of. It could be. I'm sorry. It could be an indication of the direction Microsoft wants to go in in terms of their relationships with developers and um, in, in creating a community for them, much like you know an open source uh, uh, community developed around Android. Right, so maybe a, a slight departure from their 1980s. We're going to offer to buy you for ten bucks or crush you. Um, now they're maybe being a little more <laughs> friendly with <laughs> with developers. Uh, so, yeah. Now, and I really dated myself or, or aged myself to our our listeners, many most of whom uh, were probably not even born at that point in time. Now I feel even older. Um, all right, I, I will before Brasco just starts playing the music to to get me the the heck out of here. Um, folks, uh, this has been uh, Roger Monty from, from SEJ, joined by me, Dave Davies, from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, and after the break and for the next two segments, um, we are going to be joined by Lisa Duty from Advice Local, Bill Hartzer from Bill Hartzer, and Michelle Stinson-Ross from Apogee. We're going to be chatting SEO, a whole whack of stuff. Um, and I get to say, hey, I'll see you in a couple weeks over at uh, the Rocks Digital Conference. So um, hang on tight. Make sure you have your... Uh, Google My Business page, and uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes after this uh, commercial break. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. Powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. What is us? Us is a foundation. Us is the future. Us is a bond. But right now, that bond is free. And we need a place that could make it whole. From diabetes prevention to safety around water. The Y fills the gaps. And bridges our divides. But they can't do it without us. Donate today. Because where there's a Y, there's an us. Read by members of the Y. The Y for a better us. Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with us all day long. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Well, welcome back, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. 
Um, as uh, anybody who listened to the first segment, hopefully that's all of you, unless maybe a, a couple of you were called in for the exciting next couple segments as well, in which case you can catch this later on uh, in podcast. Um, I have been joined by a co-host, Roger Monty, because Jim Hedger wasn't able to make it in today. I am now joined by Lisa Duty from Advice Local, Bill Hartzer from Bill Hartzer, Michelle Stinson-Ross from Apogee. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Wonderful. <laughs> Right, we've got so many people on. I need to point these questions individually each time and make sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we we've got uh, we got a lot to to jump in on. Uh, one thing I uh, you know let let me just start out by saying to uh, to our guests here. Um, which I'll include Lisa, Bill, and Michelle. Seems a little weird to say it that way because Roger's a, a guest co-host, but I'll, I'll point it at these three. Really looking forward to seeing the three of you in a, a couple weeks, the Rocks uh, Digital Conference. Um, Lisa, you know what? You're, you're one of the organizers, so let me, let me start with you. Uh, how nightmarish is your life right now uh, planning a conference if that's close? <laughs> I slept four hours last night, if that answers your question. <laughs> And I was up at 6 a.m. and I have been from venue to Facebook Live earlier today to podcast, and I haven't stopped since I woke up at 6.20. <laughs> All right. You see, and that's why I would rather just speak at them. <laughs> just get a nice PowerPoint together, show up, have some nice lunch, chat with some good people, <laughs> and, and move along. Uh, so, but... Uh, we appreciate all that you do uh, to make these things uh, happen. It's, uh, yeah, great. Great that somebody's willing to sleep four hours because it's not me. Um, so to my, to, to my other two guests then, you know what, I, I already know the answer. Our listeners may not, uh, Roger may not. For people who don't know the conference, it's, it's specifically focused on um, local and social uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to start social because uh, I, I'm a social kind of person. I pretend that I, I'm more of a technical SEO, but there we go. I'll pretend to be social. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Stinson Ross, what are you going to be talking about uh, at Rocks Digital? Funny enough, I'm actually going to be talking about the blend of search and social and digital at large. We're going to be talking a lot about the importance of user behavior, how algorithms are changing and how we need to adjust communication accordingly. So I'm kind of taking a fairly high level view of digital marketing at large at Rocks Digital. So, okay. You know what? I'm going to, you know, I, I side with you on this. So, so I just want to say that so our listeners don't go, but this doesn't make sense with anything you say, but I, I'm going to be the, the person who goes, I've heard so much that user behavior doesn't impact rankings and, and doesn't impact anything, Michelle, that must be total BS. So go ahead. Counterpoint. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, if, if clicking through a link doesn't impact rankings, I don't know what does. Uh, so, so what you're saying maybe is that Google would care about things like click metrics. Um, so why don't I just go on Fiverr and hire, uh, you know, uh, the, my my ten thousand closest friends to click on on my my search result? <laughs> Anybody who can see me knows I'm just grinning ear to ear here. But um, uh, <laughs> bounce rate. <laughs> So, so, and, and I know we discuss bounce rates and go, well, you know, it kind of, la, 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 la. but the point is that 
user behavior is indicative of whether or not the link clicked actually solved the question or query that was originally posed to Google to get that page of results. That's what Google cares about. Is the content that the user clicks through actually serving the need communicated when somebody searched on Google or Bing or whatever? That's really what matters as far as rankings. That's that's how the algorithms are constantly morphing and that's really the thing that I want to focus on because let's let's be honest here the only thing that has ever been constant in our digital marketing industry is the human element all right I you know what I'm going to be coming back you're, you're touching on a couple things that I really want to cover uh, but I, I want to do that when I've opened <laughs> things up so that like everybody can jump in and, and we can have a have a have a conversation on on a couple points here because Again, our regular listeners will know we're on a subject I'm just dying to get some, some additional takes on, but I could talk about endlessly. Bill. Way to open the can of worms, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> uh, then I'm going to have our time not dominating it, but I'll, 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 I'll try and be a, a decent co-host for once um, and, and not just babble endlessly. Um, so to stop doing that, Bill, what are you going to be covering while we're there? I'm actually going to be covering... SEO audits, but looking particularly, you know, mobile SEO audits versus, um, you know, kind of desktop web uh, SEO audits. So, you know, we have, you know, with mobile first and everything, you know, there's a lot of differences between the, between the two. And so that's going to be the primary um, focus of, of what I'm going to talk about. So now, wow, Bill, that's really that's really brilliant. I mean, uh, what kind of things you cover, like uh, the uh, structured data, that that kind of stuff, getting that right? Well, certainly looking at you know, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be structured data, but also you know, touching on 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 AMP and so forth. But you know, kind of determining um, you know which which type of you know, audit you need to do. I mean, you know, there there are there are certain tools that you know will look at mobile mobile issues versus you know issues that really just are more uh, desktop related issues. I mean, it also could be that you're looking at you know, you're looking at uh, log files and log file data, which um, it, it, and you're analyzing that log file data based on crawling activity. Google, you know, how how often Google's crawling what pages and and so forth. They're crawling on mobile versus desktop, and there's just so many kind of te- you know really technical things that we could get into, um, and I don't think I can jam it all into one <laughs> session but uh, I mean the first consideration is you know is your tr- is right now is your traffic primarily you know desktop traffic I mean or 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 mobile traffic and you know that's one of the considerations and so when you're doing an SEO audit you want to look at whether or not you know you need more be more focused on mobile or or on desktop 
It's a lot of different considerations. Well, I think I think satisfying the mobile is just so increasingly important. I mean, the desktop will, will you know will take care of itself, but the the mobile people are a lot more fickle, and a lot, they're going to start <laughs> abandoning you know your page if it doesn't load right, doesn't look right. You know, the colors aren't in, you know the buttons aren't intuitive. I mean, there's so it's so much harder to to satisfy the mobile people. You got to get that right. The desktop will pretty much take care of itself. That's why I say that your uh, your presentation is just that's a really important. That's just brilliant that you're doing that taking that mobile point of view and then and breaking that down. Yeah, it's it's um like I said there there's I'm running into more and more issues, but you know, honestly in in the B2B space there's there's actually in some cases, you know, some sites still only get a very small percentage of mobile users and it just depends on the industry and so forth. So um, but mostly, you are, you know, I am going to focus uh, primarily on, you know, uh, mobile mobile SEO audits, which are going to be, you know, SEO audits and are, are new for a lot of people just in general. But um, the newest is going to be what we're going to just what I'm going to discuss um, with doing a mobile SEO audit. Now, a, a question, because because mobile is like a hot topic, so I'm going to ask this question. Um, is there a value or, or necessity then, as we're, we're going to mobile first index, you're talking about mobile audits, which you know, if we're in the mobile first world, then that's kind of the way it, it, it has to go. Um, you know, at least until we're in an AI, just Google doesn't even bother sending you traffic kind of world. Um, is there a value to comparing your two audits or, or even a necessity and going, okay, I'm going to do like a, I'm doing a mobile audit, but I'm going to do like a little mini audit and see how these pages are appearing to, you know, sort of Googlebot desktop and then comparing that with, with Googlebot mobile. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, you know, we're talking SEO audit. You're not just looking at, you know, the content and the links and so forth yourself. I mean, you're also looking at, you know, at, traffic and how, tr you know, how the traffic is behaving on your site and how, you know, how your conversions are going, you know, are, are people just hitting your mobile site and just abandoning the site, you know, or so if that's the case, you just really need to figure out what's going on. And so there's going to be a lot, that'll be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of issues there. But um, yes, there's well, definitely, you know, w worth it to compare the two. Well, Bill, you, uh, it was mentioned about that some business, some niches like, um, <clears throat> like the B2B, uh, there's a lot of viewers who are coming out on desktops. You've got to get that right. However, in the Google, in the mobile, mobile first index, how important do you think it is, even if you're a B2B with a lot of desktop visitors, how important do you think it is to serve up that site in a, in a mobile-friendly manner for Googlebot? That's a good question. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I think it, it regardless, I mean, in, in most cases, I would say that, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the recommendation really is to lean more towards just being a, you know, having a site that's um, responsive and you know can be you know can can work on on both mobile or desktop. Um, you know, I th I think that we need to identify those particular issues. I mean, 
you know, we're, we're also looking at, you know, not just Google traffic, but Bing traffic. I mean, I do have some clients that um, rely, pers- you know, primarily on Bing traffic and really not, you know, and, and not Google traffic, you know, for certain reasons. Because, um, so, you know, there's, you know, like I said, there, there's a, that's a definitely a consideration and... We definitely need to, you know, look at that as far as, you know, that particular business. As part of this is identifying, okay, you know, do we, you know, do you need to care about that um, or not? Because, uh, in, but in, in most, cases, most cases, yes. I mean, we definitely need to look at, you know, well, you know the current search results. Um I'm still thinking, though, that at this point we're still a far ways off to seeing all sites being, you know, on mobile first. Um, and, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of sites have been moved yet. Right. Um, Lisa, I, I, I know we got to take a break in a minute, but I got to direct the next question to you because we, we haven't gone into it yet. Um, you're not going to be speaking at it, and thank goodness, because you're probably going to have about 8,000 fires to put out. But you are going to be probably doing an even harder job, which is hurting the cats that are going to be involved in the Q&A panel. Um, so you're going to be the moderator of the Q&A panel. I've never moderated uh, a, a, a session. Uh, what kind of nightmare is that, and is it worse when it's a Q&A panel? I... I'm sorry to have to admit this, but I was having a really uh, a really bad echo come through. Were you saying that what is it like to moderate a Q&A panel? Yeah, well, I- exactly. And then, yeah, especially when it's a Q&A, but what's it like to moderate a, uh, a panel as well? Oh, I love moderating panels. The one thing that I really enjoy about it is all the different perspectives. You know, I have to admit, though, it can be a challenge to cut off um, some of the speakers if they get a little long-winded, some of the panelists, if they get a little <laughs> long-winded, because one thing is, is I want everybody to get to have a turn, and, you know, I have a really strong no-selling um, policy at the conference, and so sometimes panelists will have a tendency to get a lot of, a little long-winded to pitch their products and services more, right. and so... I'm just very tactful about spreading the love, and and I definitely am not afraid to literally be like, "Hey, thank you for sharing those great insights. Let's move on to so and so now." <laughs> I've I've had I've I've done that uh, several times. On the on the on the downside, as an attendee at conferences, I can tell you that if the moderator is not good at um, controlling that panel, then I will, um, that's frustrating too, because they let one panelist just go on and on. I was at an event one time, and literally, the panelist went on for 20 minutes, one person. I left, went to make a personal call, came back 10 minutes later, and she was still talking. So Okay, that's a little excessive. (laughs) Exactly, and so it can be, uh, it is a responsibility when you moderate, to definitely have to moderate really um, to be firm and set your uh, set your guidelines. But I right. love it. And I love panels. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to come back, chat more about panels. Uh, for our listeners who are interested, we're trying something new. 
Thanks, Lisa, for, for helping to set this up. Um, over on, and uh, it will, it's going to be interesting. This is the first time we've tried it. Um, the next segment is actually going to be a Facebook Live. So if you go over to the Webmaster Radio Facebook page, um, we're actually going to be doing a live over there. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, and I should have dressed up nicer, but there we go. Um, so in the meantime, we got to take one more commercial break. Um, so this is Dave Davies uh, from Beanstalk Internet Mar- Marketing, joined uh, by my co-host Roger Monty from Search Engine Journal, joined by Lisa Duty from Advice Local, Bill Hartzer from Bill Hartzer, and Michelle Stinson-Ross from Apogee. We'll be back after this commercial break. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm going to save all the, the names and everything for our closing out here again, just because we've only got about 10 minutes left, so we can, we can jump in uh, to, to the conversation, a conversation of great interest. Um, so I'm going to start with, I'm just going with the order of the people in my Facebook feed right now. <laughs> I'm deciding on the order. So we're going to go start with Roger, then Lisa, then Bill, then we're going to close out with the person that brought me on to this subject and, and end this with Michelle. Um, we're going to be talking about user intent because we were we were talking about that as a, when we were talking about Michelle's uh, session. Bill then brought it up when we're talking about conversions and, and the differences on mobile. Um, so if you had to pick just a, a couple things for people to know uh, about user intent. Roger, I'm going to start with you. A couple things. User intent. What are the most important things to know? You know... User intent in there's user intent signals that are uh, inside your content that I think a lot of people don't really think about. Uh, in my most recent article, um, it's called "Links but No Traffic: Understanding a Study of Nearly a Billion Pages." <clears throat> the uh, uh, the people who created the study linked to a web page who that they said wasn't uh, receiving organic traffic, and uh, in fact. It was ranking for keyword phrases, 
but not the keyword phrases that they were hammering in the title and the, um, and the headings, the H tags and all that. Uh, they were sending different user intent signals with the words that they chose to the focus keywords that they had inside the, uh, well, it was essentially a squeeze page. So what happened was, even though they were trying to rank for best WordPress SEO, <clears throat> the uh, majority, uh, the majority uh, user intent for that keyword is any web page that features the word plugin in it. Because when people type in WordPress SEO, a plugin is usually the user intent, the most popular user intent. So this particular page uh, was actually emphasizing the word ebook. So it turns out that if you add the word ebook to the keyword phrases that they're trying to rank for, they actually rank around you know, position five or six for that. So um, you might have like your pet keyword phrases, but first I think you have to check what the popular user intent is, what, what, what most people are searching for. And one of the ways you can tell is you go to Google and start typing the keyword phrase, and then a Google Suggest kicks in. The top phrases that you see indicate the most popular user intent. And then yeah. from there, you can leap off and start creating a content that addresses that user intent if you want to rank near the top or have a chance at it. So I, I'm, I'm going to circle to um, Bill. Um, Bill, we're talking user intent here. Um, I know you're going to be chatting mobile and mobile audits uh, at, at the upcoming conference, the Rocks Digital Conference. Uh, are there, in Google's eyes, we're, we're going to talk, I want rankings here. Are there intents on mobile that need to be fulfilled that are either fundamentally different or maybe just don't even exist um, on desktop that users need to be looking at? Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, there's definitely when you, you have to look at your particular business and say, okay, well, you know, um, we, you know, we either need, you know, we're either going after leads or going after sales or, you know, and so, and, and you, you still can get um, some, you know, keyword, uh, you know, query data. I mean, a lot of it is gone with, you know, not provided, but, you know, there is, um, there are some options there. And then you really have to decide, you know, if someone's using a mobile device, are they going to, you know, sit and, and read, you know, how much are they going to read your content? How much, you know, how much, um, you know, how much content are you going to provide? Um, and, and what's your goal? I mean, a goal of the site is to, you know, convert them into a lead or to just let them review content. Um, are you just looking for traffic, you know, and, 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 or actually do you want that sales experience? Do you want somebody to be able to actually buy, you know, buy something um, on the site or are you going to try and push them to download a mobile app? They're so different, you know, different intentions. I mean, you have, so you have to have kind of figure out what your goals are for that mobile device. And, you know, some businesses uh, it's, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's not that easy of a decision, um, you know, but, but you kind of need to figure that out first and then you're going to tailor the mobile experience towards what that user intent is. Oh, those pesky users. Um, all right. Any, any quick tips then on how in analytics, what, what am I looking for in analytics when I'm looking for what the differences might be? Well, I mean, in analytics, I mean, you, you know, you, 
I mean, a high, high level, you know, you're looking at, you know, you need to really understand what, um, you know, what percentages your mobile, you know, of your site visits are mobile versus mobile versus desktop and make a decision there as far as, you know, content and, and, and so forth. And then really dig into, okay, what are the mobile users doing and what are they, you know, what pages are what pages are they landing on? You know, how often and 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 what what are they actually doing on your on, on your site? I mean, then we get into you know possible uh, you know A/B testing and of uh, you know, mobile traffic and you know based on goals and so forth versus versus um, looking at desktop and you know having you know what are the users. Um, you know, and tenant, and and what are they, what are they doing on your site when you know once they get there, uh, and then so that that's high level, and then you know then obviously we can dig even down into you know kind of the rabbit hole if you will um, <laughs> on on either of those you know so so starting off at the high level and then and then and then we kind of dig in from there. You know what? We're gonna drag you on. Um, you know, maybe right after the conference when I know you can, you can talk about what you're going to be covering, um, and actually take, uh, you know, take us down that rabbit hole. But in the meantime, I'm bringing this back to the person who started this whole conversation, Michelle, you brought up intent. Uh, you know, I, I jokingly, uh, you know, said, what is, what does intent have to do with, with Google? But maybe I'll just ask you rather than tongue in cheeking it, go, what does user intent have to do with rankings? And, and what the heck am I supposed to do with that? Well, isn't user intent, user behavior really all about language and how we socially interact with one another? Really, a search engine is just a conduit for communication and interaction. And that's kind of how I look at it. It's like when somebody walks up to me and asks me a question face to face, what is their intent? Well, it's their intent in that moment is to engage me in communication and hopefully get an answer to a question. That's exactly what they're doing when they walk up to or open up Google, Bing, whichever the search engine of choice may be. A human being is looking for an answer to a question, whether that's um, where the local taco place is or whether that's how do I start my own podcast or um, any number of questions. That's really what it comes down to is how are you best fulfilling the value exchange of communication, regardless of what channel that's happening in. It works the same way in social. See, now we're going to have to have you on, too. So I guess I've got the next <laughs> few episodes lined up. Rod, you're going to be joining us next week, and then we're just going to, going to pack it with, with people talking about exactly what we've been talking about today. But we've only got, uh, I, I think, two or three minutes left. Um, Lisa, I want to make sure we get back to you here on, on, with, a, with a different question, because I'm not going to be talking about user intent unless that user is intent on learning uh, about local search uh, and social How's that for a lackluster segue? But for people that want to see Bill, you, Michelle, you know, a, a whole host, uh, Marty Weintraub's going to be just a, a whole host of, of great names. Um, where, where do they find out about, about Rocks Digital? So anybody that would like to know more about the conference can visit Rocks Digital, and that's R-O-K-C-S digital.com. 
slash 2018 and that'll actually redirect them to the conference site and they can learn about 35 speakers hear about the conference format the days etc of course it's on june 29th and june 30th of this year and i'm really excited to have all of you there and we're going to have a great time so i welcome all your guests to join us fantastic um and roger i'm going to get the the last word to you here you know we were talking a lot about what happened last week um, you've been an outstanding co-host, and I'm going to have you on as a guest next week. What do you think we're going to be talking about next week uh, as far as what, what are the big the big things that are, are coming up right now? You know, <laughs> Google, Google Voice is, is really important, and right, right now the, the, uh, the way people search uh, it's mostly young people who are doing it, and the older the demographic goes, the least less likely. But that's going and that's going to change because uh, the voice assistant is coming into your cars, is coming into more houses, and as that gains acceptance, you know, right now we're focused on mobile index, but perhaps not as soon as next week, but uh, most definitely in the coming year, especially after Christmas when people buy a lot of products. Um, that Internet of Things and, and voice assistant, that's all going to be uh, becoming more important. So rather than thinking about you know, uh, click-through rates, we're going to be thinking more about viewport time and, and how uh, different ways of measuring uh, where people, where the browser is at on your web page and how far down the page they go to you know, on browsers. Because on mobile, sometimes they're not clicking on anything. So... Bye. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am absolutely looking forward to, to having you on. I know Brasco is giving me the, like, you've got about 45 seconds left, and I need to make sure to – well, actually, Roger, first I'm going to thank you for being a co-host. Look forward to having you as a, as a host and keep up that awesome work. It, it was well-deserved comments last week uh, for keeping us all updated. Thank um, you. You know, and, I, I just want to say that I, I try to put as much thought into every article to how it's going to benefit the reader – and it shows. Um, Lisa Duty, thanks for all your work in arranging the conference. From uh, Advice Local, Bill Hartzer from Bill Hartzer and Michelle Stinson-Ross from Apogee. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I am very much looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks at the conference. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.